And in general, just answering the question about past lives and and it's explaining about the importance of understanding how karma works. That karma is um, made through body, speech, and mind, through our intentions uh, of, of mind first, and then it can uh, influence what we say, what we do as well. And there, of course, is karma made through wholesome intentions uh, arising in the mind and leading to wholesome speech, wholesome actions, and then unwholesome intentions leading to unwholesome speech, unwholesome actions. And this is what, um, you could say, governs the world, is the karma. Every individual is making their karma. And this is what leads to um, the cycle of birth and death, continued existence. We, we um, are born uh, according to our karma, we go according to our karma. So beings, the more good karma they make, then they might experience human birth, heavenly birth, birth in the highest heaven realms of the Brahma realms. Um, but the results of that good karma that brought that birth will also, uh, they're impermanent, they eventually will um, wear out. So those heaven realms don't want being born into them that doesn't last forever one can come back to be born in a human realm lower realms even depending on karma which we've made and maybe made from many lifetimes in the past it can still give its result so one might slip back down to an animal rebirth or ghost rebirth or down to the hell realms as a rebirth um, when we understand this and contemplate this this and we see the value of making good karma, we see the results, the happiness we'll experience comes from um, these wholesome intentions, training and bringing up wholesome intentions of body, speech and mind. And this is what Buddhist practice is encouraging us to do. Uh, the good karma generated through the practice of dana, generosity, is already is good, it will bring us much happiness the good karma generated through keeping the five precepts, following them as a guideline, uh, brings us even more happiness, even more beneficial results. Um, the eight precepts, because require more effort put in, will bring us even more benefit, and so on. The practice, what we put into our practice, developing ourselves in wholesome ways, will bring us benefit and happiness as a result. If we develop mindfulness and use that to contemplate our experience to further our wisdom, our understanding of truth and uh, help ourselves develop understanding of truth so that we can free ourselves from suffering, then uh, we'll do ourselves the most, the highest benefit, we'll reach the highest happiness, highest um, benefit. And so it's, it's, it's up to us to contemplate this and see the value of developing good karma through our lives, trying to um, develop ourselves in good ways like this and to avoid making unwholesome karma. But we see that when we see the results that come from that and suffering, we'll naturally want to avoid making more unwholesome karma. The more we contemplate karma, the more we see that we're receiving fruits of our karma all the time. We're, we've made good and bad or skillful and unskillful karma in the past and this is giving results all the time which we have to deal with and experience. 
Um, but at the same time, we have to understand that the past we can't change. So, any, um, particularly the, the bad, the unskillful things we did in the past, we can't change that uh, anymore because the past is gone. The thing to do is focus on the present and uh, by understanding the importance of karma, focus on the present and developing good karma in the present. Uh, so that both in the present and in the future we are creating the causes for our happiness and our true benefit. So this is why we practice. We practice um, dharma, practice uh, keeping precepts, uh, chanting, meditating, so that we can gradually raise the level of our minds uh, by improving uh, our efforts in the practice, making more good karma, and the result is that we experience more and more peace inside, inwardly. And this is actually the, the wise thing and you could say the, the correct thing for a human being to do is to develop themselves in a good way, in a wholesome way. Um, we have to, if we want to experience true happiness, we have to have a sense of wishing ourselves as one person in this world, wishing ourselves well. So when we do the chanting, the, the metta chanting, we always start, Ahamsatika Homi, uh, may I be well. Uh, because if you really want to improve your mind and experience deeper happiness, you have to learn begin inside and with yourself, learning to um, bring up more states of mindfulness, awareness, and more wholesome states, free from greed, free from anger. Um, we have to see that the external happiness we can have in this world from um, all the senses we can go out, we can buy nice things, see nice things, have nice experiences, good experiences. Uh, externally, that kind of happiness doesn't last very long and it can't go into our heart very deeply or stay there for very long. All those kind of experiences, they come and they go. But the happiness that comes from the practice of a spiritual path, from the Dhamma, from practicing generosity, keeping precepts, developing ourselves in meditation, this goes in very deep into our hearts and brings us a much more long-lasting and satisfying peace of mind. And this, when we contemplate and see this, then that is what will tell the mind, oh, I should really do this, I should do, put more effort into the practice, and so I can experience more of, more of this inner happiness. Uh, there's a question about an incident, a true story, of a man is in a car, and involved in a crash was squashed by a big articulated lorry and as, as the articulated lorry was crashing into the car he grabbed a Buddha amulet that he had and he made a, a vow and said if if he dies may he be when he comes back next life may uh, he, he made a vow I will ordain as a, a monk to practice the Dhamma to do good um, and he made that as, as truck was crashing over the car and he was sure he was going to die but he made this very firm wish in his mind and at the last second that the truck sort of veered off so it flattened the car but it didn't flatten the driver's seat so he, he survived uh, to tell this story um, and the question was can things like that happen is this karma and Attorney General was explaining that at that moment he's making very good karma by making a very firm wish in his mind to ordain and do something very good and the bad uh, unwholesome karma, the result of past unwholesome karma that was leading to this accident happening, happening and was about to cut off his life and he was obviously not dying of old age, he was going to die of an accident 
couldn't give its result yet because of the good karma he made at that moment. He brought up um, its result straight away and the, the, the truck didn't squash him. Um, and it's important to see like karma can be like that. Uh, this is why it's important to train our minds, develop our minds. Um, he gave another example himself of a, of a monk he knows who has now been a monk for over 10 years and this, before when he was a layman he was um, involved in an accident in the sea and he was drifting for three days and three nights in the ocean clinging to a piece of driftwood uh, assuming he was going to die but he said, again he said if I get out of this I'm going to ordain as a monk and he made that very solemn, very firm vow in his mind and he did get rescued and he, he got out of that situation so he, be, he did become a monk um, and sometimes when one's involved in a crisis situation one brings up very wholesome aspirations, wholesome positive thinking it can help one very quickly to get a good result and get out of that situation um, but you shouldn't wait until there's a crisis to practice this or do this you should be doing this regularly in your lives see that our life is uncertain we don't know how long we'll be living for and to see that we should really value and treasure human life and try to do the, as much good as we can while we have life and to make your aspirations to do good dedicate yourself to making good karma and following the spiritual path and all the time regularly not just uh, at moments of crisis There was a question about how to cope with the fact that um, if our father is very old, uh, lying in bed close to death, how to deal with that. Uh, and again, said that, um, well, old age, sickness and death is the most normal, most natural thing in the world. We have to um, expect this. We have to learn to see that this is part of life. Um, he said the average age of people is maybe 75, 80 years old. Um, we have to think, how old am I now? So how, at the most, what can I expect if I'm 40, 50 years old and then I've got 30 years to go? Uh, we should be thinking like this so we become aware of the impermanence of life, that we don't have it, we're not going to be here forever. Um, and then you heard that the, the father is actually 89 years old. Um, so he said, oh, there's no need to cry or be sad, he's actually had a very long life. He's nine years older than the Buddha, the Buddha only reached 80. And he's already, we say, making, making a profit in a sense, and he's got a bonus of a long life. And this is probably the, the good karma from in the past, um, not harming animals, killing animals generally. The Buddha said that the, the wholesome karmic result of not killing is long life so we can actually be happy if our father has a long life um, but at the same time to see that this body, this mind, it, they're impermanent things we call them sankharas, they're formations, conditioned formations which arise and pass away and don't stay around forever and so it's, we should expect as people get older that um, they're going to die and we shouldn't cling on to the thought or oh, they should be here, I want them to stay because if our bodies and minds are, are failing, they're degenerating, we've got pain, we've got discomfort and so on, then you don't want to wish that someone just has to experience that on and on and on. Um, you might actually um, be happy to willing to let them die, let them go because of the impermanent nature of this body 
and they may and wish that the good fruits of the good karma they've made, then in their next life they'll get a, a good strong body. They, if they're born in heaven, they'll have a nice place to live and have a pleasant experience. If they're born as a human, they'll have a strong human body and be able to carry on doing more good in their, their next life. If we just cling on in our minds, they've got to stay on with us forever and ever, then we could actually be clinging on to a state of suffering. If they're in a state where they're very ill and suffering, um, uh, maybe it's actually more skillful to be ready to let them go. But to do this, we have to really contemplate the truth and bring it into our hearts and accept in our hearts the truth that our existence as human beings is impermanent. It doesn't, it won't last forever. And when we die, we do have to separate from everything we love and like, all the people we love and like, everything. We have to separate from that. And if we really accept that in our hearts, our hearts can be peaceful with that truth. We don't have to be sad or cry. We can accept that this is the way of things. Uh, and we can reflect on the good that our parents or whoever it is we're thinking about has done. Be happy for them that they've done that much good. Um, what, what is the purpose that we cannot remember our previous life? If we could remember our previous life, maybe we could be more enlightened and reach Nirvana a lot more easier. Uh, it's important to reflect on this, that maybe um, you say, uh, wouldn't it be good if we could remember our past lives? Or maybe the opposite, maybe actually be a bad thing. We might actually become more deluded by remembering past lives. If you think about this life, we already have a lot of work to do with all the confusion we have in our minds. We have a lot of attachment to people. We have people who like us, people who hate us. We have all kinds of attachments and confusion from that. Imagine you could remember your last ten lives. That would multiply whatever current states of mind you're experiencing by ten. Well, all the confusion you have ten times more people who love you, love you or like, like you, uh, have hated you. Ten more uh, ten times more issues and things that you would have to deal with that you have now when you sit down and look at your mind. You'd have ten more, ten times more confusion. If you have, could remember a hundred lives, you would probably have a hundred times more confusion. There'd be a hundred times more memories to have to deal with. People you've known, liked, loved, hated. Um, you know, contemplating that way, you see, actually it might be what you could say nature's own way of bringing a sense of balance and um, sanity to our, our lives that we actually lose lose awareness of our past lives when we're born. Otherwise our minds could be completely overwhelmed by it and we could get very deluded and find it very difficult to deal with. Um, really the reason people, beings, they, they lose awareness of their past lives is a lack of mindfulness as, as they die from one existence and they're born into, say, a baby is born in, in, in the mother's womb. Uh, that um, process, if once mindfulness is not established and maintained through that process, then it will, it's, it will the mind will just forget everything from the past. Uh, except for occasionally you do have a few people who, particularly children, they have maybe a few brief memories of a past or recent life and they can remember a few things, but it doesn't last very long, they tend to forget after that. The ones who do tend to remember past lives, say like the Buddha himself, because he had 
trained in mindfulness for so long, in so many lives, his mindfulness was we say perfect as a bodhisattva. So when he entered the womb of his mother, last birth that he became the Buddha, his mindfulness was perfect so he could remember his past lives, being in the womb and when he got out he could even take a few steps and he could even speak because of that perfect mindfulness. Um, the others who might have that maybe a Pacheco Buddha, a silent Buddha, or the leading disciples of a Buddha, they might have enough perfection and mindfulness that they can actually remember straight away what their past lives were. Um, the other cases would be uh, somebody who does develop meditation, develop their mindfulness and their samadhi to the point where their mind is stable enough that they can focus to recollect the past lives as a psychic ability, as a special knowledge. And then the peace and stability of the samadhi would mean that they, whatever they learned and knew about from their past lives, it wouldn't overwhelm the mind and confuse them and give them all kinds of attachments. Uh, they just know that knowledge for what it is. Uh, but for most of us, probably it's best not to know the past lives. It's, it's nature's way of balancing things and keeping us peaceful so that we don't get confused by uh, all this knowledge. And this allows us to just focus on the, the present life, which is a good thing, because it means we can really focus in the, on the present life and do good in the present life. you have a question? Uh, yes, I do. Um, uh, we've been talking about the Buddhist path, and it can be very inspiring, and, and, but it can also be very daunting especially when you start practicing and you work out your level of mindfulness and how far you have to go or how far you think you have to go. Uh, also, uh, this feeling of daunting, uh, being daunted by, by the path, it, it brings on a feeling of heaviness. And I was just wondering the role on the path of having a, a humour, like a good humour mm-hmm. and a good sense of humour. Yes, of course, have a sense of humour can be very helpful. And also just learn how to be at ease in the present moment with your practice. The more we think about, say, the goal or you know, the highest sort of goal in Buddhism, it will, if you just think about it as a concept, it will seem like it's something very far away and you know, oh, we'll never get there, that kind of thought or feeling. Um, so Buddhism actually says, don't do that. The Buddha thought is just to concentrate on whatever's arriving in the present moment. Always come back to the present. And just do as you've been doing. So as he said, you've been coming, coming here the last few days. Just keep practicing in, in this sort of way, regularly turning to contemplate the teachings. Just notice how you feel, how you think in the present moment. How, notice how your body, we're getting, our bodies change, we get older every day. Um, just notice these things and start reflecting on them in a very relaxed, a very easy way. There's no need to sort of build it up into some heavy burden or something that's going to cause you unnecessary suffering, but just to contemplate the teachings and see how on a daily basis they apply to you. you you've probably already got an experience in, in the practice becoming more aware of your different moods and you see which moods um, give rise to a sense of ease, happiness, which moves tend to bring you more suffering. And the more experience you have looking at that, then you can start to let go of the ones that you feel will cause you suffering, the different thoughts, the different moods. And just try carrying on from day to day and you just let go of the things that cause you suffering. Little by little you build experience in the practice. Um, 
there's no need to sort of feel heavy or feel there's something daunting. Do, do you still do the gardening at the corner centre? Oh, I've, I've stopped doing that because uh, uh, our children have started to go to school up in Mansfield, mm-hmm. so we were building an accommodation place just over the hill there, and I'm trying to get that up and sort of functioning and move up to Mansfield. So I'm, I'm doing that full time now. Okay. Yeah. He says that perhaps the, the practice is actually a little more straightforward or easier than you think. Um, if say you were doing, I told him you've been gardening. Say if you were doing that job, he said you just when you say you were gardening, you just contemplate the things around you as you garden. You just notice our oh, trees. You plant a tree. If you want that tree to grow up into a strong tree, then healthy tree, then you have to look after it. And then you think about what you have to do to look after it. You have to water it, fertilize it, protect it from pests and animals and things. Uh, or you look around in your garden as you're gardening, you see how, you know, flowers and things, you plant them, they grow up, you look after them, they grow up and they, they look very nice, but then eventually they start to fade and they go uh, back, maybe they disappear with the seasons, they disappear altogether. Um, you can just contemplate like this in a very relaxed way on a daily basis, you just keep applying the Buddhist teachings to your daily life and you get to understand the truth of things, you see, oh, world around us, it's a very impermanent place, that's normal, that's nature, it's nature's way to be like that. And little by little these kind of reflections will come into the mind and they'll, they'll give you a lot more understanding, more peace. And we'll do it in a very relaxed way, you don't have to make it into a big burden or anything difficult. I have one question. Something which I experienced in my daily life, in my family, you know, let's say um, we have a situation between some members of the family now, and then we ask ourselves, um, is it because of our past life, maybe in the, in the past life we have been in the same community or the same family, and maybe those, like some of the stories have told us, maybe there was a reversal in the roles and that somebody had done something wrong and therefore in this life the road reverse again and then you, you bear the brunt of some something that's happening but how do you reconcile this? I mean, it's so cyclical sometimes you say, oh this present moment things are happening this way uh, that's your karma you know? maybe in the next life ahead the person who did whatever wrong will bear the consequences. But then, you ask yourself, now, now, what you are facing today, isn't it because of your past life? So, it doesn't get us anywhere. I mean, you try to find out, was it because of the past, or is it because now it's happening, is there something about it's going to happen to you in the future? What do you say about that? You've got something to add to that. So, when you are faced with that, situation, and then you tell yourself, wow, I can't help what happened last life, so maybe this life I have to bear with it, or face it, you know, and, and you don't hope for the reverse to happen in the next life because you don't want to have such bad thoughts, so in the end you feel like you're a loser, you know, you know what I mean? And, 
says the best thing is probably is just focus on the, the present moment, how things are, the situation of the present, um, because everything else, speculating about the past, planning, speculating about the future, it's really not that helpful. The important thing is just focus on the present and everyone just has to look at their own behaviour, their own mind, their own speech, their own actions and, and just take the very basic teachings of the Buddha that are unwholesome actions of mind, body, speech and mind. We have to try and abandon them, give them up because they cause us suffering. They cause us suffering now and in the future. We try, we try to give up any unwholesome behaviour with body, speech and mind and try to develop the opposite, the wholesome, the skillful behaviour with our thoughts, with our speech, with our actions. And that's, it's really just comes down to this, this point where we focus on the present moment and look at that, are, are our actions, our speech wholesome or unwholesome and try to establish ourselves in, in morality where we, we're not giving in to our urges where we might have anger or um, selfishness or whatever come up in the mind, not giving in to that and letting it out into the way we speak, the way we act, but with noticing it with mindfulness awareness, just noticing, oh, this is unwholesome, if I'm angry like this, I should let it go, not follow it and um, say things, do things, I'll just notice it and let it go. So, Buddhist practice is all about this, the noting things, whether they're wholesome or unwholesome, the wholesome we keep, we develop them, we want to bring them up more, the unwholesome we note them and then let them go, we actually do something about them, that's we restrain ourselves, let them go. And if we're doing that in the present, not only will the present improve, even if we ha- are having to experience the results of our past karma, difficulties, problems, but we'll be making the best out of our presence and getting through them in the most skillful way, and of course we'll be creating the causes for a, a, a happier future as well. But the place of practice is the present moment, just keep coming back to that, is it wholesome, unwholesome, whether we're, what we're thinking, what we're speaking, what we're doing. Is there any uh, truth in that, let's say that, I'm in a relationship with me and son, and the people are from small, it's like, you know, like, well, you're trying to do things like, they don't fit, you know, by nature, they don't get along, so it, it seems to like perpetuate itself even now, you know. So uh, it's not so much like um, like they did something great in this certain moment. It's like something that was carried from somewhere and they just don't get along. They don't see eye to eye and so and they don't try to see each other's point and they don't give way to each other. You know? It's very difficult to function in. in uh, to be a one type of the other. So it's, it's very difficult to get along in that instance. Can I, can I add something? I mean, um, I didn't want to go into specifics when I asked my question, so I asked it in a very general way. But since it's in the open now, I think that 
the 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 problem is that I perceive myself as someone who, who gets about to do things, you know, who's responsible for something, at least for my future. But the way I look at well, my son, I, he cares for nothing. He, he just live a mere existence. At the present, he goes to work, yes, because after much crawling at last, he left to go to work. But he found some good because when he works, he earns money, he gets to buy what he wants. But other than that, he doesn't behave like a member of the family. He's more like a tenant, you know. So when I see that, I, I can't. I can't help feeling that kind of feeling to a sin because uh, I only have one son, he's not helping me in the gardening, he's not helping at home, he leaves things behind, he doesn't wash it, you know, his, his place where he uses. So, I mean, can I help feeling that way to a sin? I mean, like we all try to change him to, to accept some responsibility at home, but he's not doing that. Even on days like this, we say, well, there's a very prominent Ajahn that's coming come along, right? well, at least for the mother, say the mother thinks that very highly of uh, senior monks and doing good, so they thought that by having the son around, some good would love on him, but he just couldn't care. This is what I mean, you know. So, but I have to now read in what you have taught me about present moment, and body, speech and mind, you know and focus on that. So, I don't know, it's not, it's going to be an honest process for me, but I think it'll come next to just pure, uh, purely, uh, shall I say, total ig uh, ig ignoring totally what he does. Like, whether that's a good form of letting go or not, I don't know. Is that good? He's not an outsider, he's my son. He's mm. letting go good for him in this case. As parents, we really have to use these um, four Brahmavihara dhammas in the way we deal with the family. Obviously, you bring children into the world, our first um, emotional feeling is always going to be metta. We have love because there, there are children who brought them into the world, and that's correct. We should always have that sense of well-wishing, kindness, well-wishing for our children. Uh, if our children fall into suffering of any kind, then actually it will normally bring out karuna, we have compassion, we don't want them to suffer, we wish them to get out of the suffering, and that's correct. If our children have any success in their studies or they get a job, then that's something we can feel happy for them. We, whenever they have any kind of success or happiness in life, we can share in that by feeling happy. In other ways, in other situations, if certain things they're still not understanding or haven't got right or there's problems, but it's beyond our ability to teach them, then the correct thing is the fourth of the Brahmaviharas is Upeka. We have to understand that everyone is subject to their karma and our own children bring into the world their karmic accumulations with them, their habits and characteristics, personality, good and bad side. And if there are particular problems, say, with our children, and at the moment there's nothing we can do, nothing we can say or teach them that will change that, then we have to go put it on hold. This is Upeka, where we have a sense of balance, and 
we, we understand karma and we wish to help them but we realise at the moment there's not much I can do you just have to wait and just see what might happen and have a sense of just letting go relaxing, letting go oh, at the moment my son is like this I can't do much so you still love him but you're not doing much you're not trying to teach or force him to change you just accept oh at the moment he's um, like this and maybe he will conditions will change he will get older conditions change maybe later I will be able to talk or to teach him in a good way another thing we have to remember also in the long term is that people change like sometimes children seem really good when we have them and they grow up and they seem really good but because they're good and have many good qualities they're popular they, they get married they go away and then they leave us because they're good people they have their own families their own responsibilities and that's it they've got they've got no time left for us because they've already got their own kind of family and responsibilities other children may start off and might say well you know he's not a good child not not a, not very successful not very responsible maybe later on they can change and they might be the ones who end up looking after us and helping us most when we're older and Jenna was saying he's seen this in many many instances that, that it's not a sure thing that you know the good children is going to be the one who stays with you and looks after you and the bad child is the one who goes away and never helps it can change over the course of a lifetime from 100% from one to the other and so we should remember that you know karma is changeable people are changeable and it's not necessarily everything is going to be fixed as it is forever and when we can remember that oh, it helps us to let go a bit more we, you know, we're not, it's not sure now maybe our, our son will change he might have all kinds of good qualities they just haven't flowered yet they haven't come out yet and if we're patient you know, things might change when we can think like that then we don't have to suffer or worry about it so much we can sort of rest easy and just see what happens have a more relaxed attitude